The Gemara in Shabbos and Afkaf Aleph Amad Beis says as follows in the sugya of Chanukah Taner Abanon Mitzvahs Ner Chanukah Ner Ishu Beisai. The basic mitzvah of Chanukah is that every single home should have one single light burning. That's the main mitzvah of Chanukah. That's the the fundamental mitzvah. If you want to be mahadr, you want to chase after the mitzvah, you want to glorify the mitzvah, every person in the household should light their own candle. If you want to really be mahadr in the mitzvah of then there's a machlekes beisham and beisilal. For our purposes, beisilal says, the first night you light one candle. And every subsequent night you add an additional candle until the last night of Hanukkah will have eight candles burning. Now Tysus immediately explains on the spot what this means, Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin. When it says that the Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin will light an additional candle each and every night, Tysus thinks that that means that it's being built on the Neri Shubesai. Meaning, it doesn't mean that every single person in the household lights an additional candle every night, but rather the Balabayas lights one candle one night for the whole house and on the second night two candles for the entire house and that way says Tysus there's going to be a hecker or a person that passes by in the street will know exactly what night of Hanukkah it is that's what Mahajim and Amadrin means the Rambam argues and the Rambam says that Mahajim and Amadrin is not built on on Neri Shubesai but Mahajim and Mahajim is built on the Mahajim, which means that your Mosef, Ahoylech, every night another candle, times the amount of people in the house. So, for example, says the Rambam, if let's say there are ten people in the house, on the last night of Hanukkah, the Balabayas will be lighting 80 candles to Mekayim in the midst of Hanukkah. Not eight, like Tysus says, but 80. Because you're building up every night an additional one, and you're lighting for each and every member of the household. So we have a, a machlekes here, a major machlekes between Tysus and the Rambam. What is Mahadrin and Mahadrin on Hanukkah? If you look in the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch writes... In our Chaim Tafresh Ayin Aleph, the Mechaber says, "Kama Neiros Madlik Balayla Rishain Madlik Echad Mikan Beilach Meisav Eilach Echad B'Chal Alaylad Shabel Achrayn Yishmaina V'Afilam Rabban Bnei Bayes V'Yaliku Yaiser." The Mechaber says that every night the Balabayas lights an additional candle, regardless of how many people are in the house. At the last night of Hanukkah, there's going to be eight candles burning in the house. And no more. That's what the Mechaber Paskins. 
Who is the Mechaber obviously going like? The Mechaber is going like Taisus. If you look in the Ramah, the Ramah right over there says, the Yeshaimrim, Dechol Echa Mibne Abayis Yadlik, Vechain Haminet Pashut. The Ramah says, no, every single person in the house must light his own Minaira, and that's Minig Ashkenaz, Vechain Haminet Pashut. Who is the Ramah following? The Ramah is following the Rambam. Now, it just has to be noted that it's not exactly the Rambam Shita, because the Rambam Shita is that the Baal himself lights 80 candles on the last night for everybody, all by himself. The Ramah says that every single person in the, ha- in, the, in the house has their very own menorah, so if there are 10 people lighting in the house, there's going to be 80 candles burning, but every person is going to be lighting their own menorah. But for all intent and purpose... It's very clear that the Ramah is following the Rambam, which sets up a very, very interesting machlekes. Because if you're keeping score, the Machaber, Rabbi Yisuf Kara, who is the Pesach of the Svardim, is following the opinion of the Ashkenazic Balitaisis. Whereas the Ramah, who is the Ashkenazic Pesach, is following the sheet of the Rambam, who is obviously the Amadahira for the Svardim. And the Berhetev on the spot says, V'zeh Loshen, V'zeh Chidush. There's a tremendous Chidush here that's taking place. Sha'a Svardim Noyagim Ka'ataisis, that Svardim are being noyeg like the, Bali, the Ashkenazic Bali Taisvis, the Ashkenazim Ka Rambam. And the Ashkenazim are following the Rambam. This is an anomaly. This is something that we don't find, says the Berhetiv, in any other place. Stam, a very interesting idea to know that. In general, you'll never find this. You'll never find like that there's a, you know, there are crossed wires in the Messiah of the Hayra'ah. But in Hanukkah, all of a sudden, we do find this exception. And whenever, obviously, we find an exception, we have to, you know, take out our shovel and start digging a little bit and try figuring out at least what the Aymeka Dover is. Why is it that punked over here by Hanukkah does Ashtocha have it that we have these mixtures of minhagim, that all of a sudden Ashkenazim are following the Rambam and Sardim are following the Balikaisis, something is wrong here. And let's try to, Bederach Machshaba, understand a little bit perhaps what we could take from this. The Gemara there in Shabbos and Achav Gimel and Aleph says, HaMadlik Ner Shel Chanukah Tzarech Levarich. When you're Madlik Ner Shel Chanukah, we know the first night in Yitzh Hashem, this Tuesday night, we're going to be making three brachas. And then the subsequent nights of Chanukah, we're going to be making two brachas. My Mevarich, asks the Gemara, what bracha are you making? Asher Kedishonu, B'mitzvaysav, B'tzivonu, L'Hadlik Ner Shel Chanukah. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu sanctified us with his mitzvahs, Vitzi Vanu, and he commanded us to be Madlik Ne'er Shulchanukah. And the Gemara doesn't accept this at all. The Gemara says, which is what we should all be jumping out of our chairs and asking, Veheichon Sivanu. You can look through the whole Torah, and I don't think you'll find, at least, maybe Beremez you'll find, but you're not going to find in the Psukim anything having to do with Ne'er Hanukkah. We'll find Tfilin, we'll find Sukkah, we'll find Matzis, we'll find Mezuzah. There's many mitzvahs in the Torah. Ner Chanukah is not one of them. Ner Chanukah is obviously a mitzvah der Abonim. So by making a bracha, Asher Kitshanah, B'mitzvah, Vitzivonu, that you are the Shvarach who commanded me to light Ner Chanukah, it just doesn't wash. And the Gemara gives us a machlaikis in how to understand this word, Vitzivonu. And the Gemara says, Rav Avya Amar Milay Sasser. The Torah says in Devarim Yod Zayin, Loi Sasser Min Hadavar Ashiyagidu Lachayim Minusmail. When the Rabbanan come along and tell you something, when they're asking for you, when they tell you what you're supposed to be doing, you're not supposed to be veering away from the Divrei Chachamim Yemin or Smail. And that's Vitzivanu. Vitzivanu is not the Neiris Chanukah per se. It's the fact that the Chachamim came along and gave us this mitzvah of Neir Chanukah. And the Torah says, Loisosur, that you're not supposed to veer away from what Chazal tell you. So when we're Mekayim, the mitzvah of Neir Chanukah, we're Mekayim, as it were, almost a Deiraisa. Because of Loisosur. By the way, the Mepharshim, the Rishonim deal with, if that's the case, there's really no Durabonans. If every Durabon is a Dairaisa, really, so then why do we have, you know, Suffolk Dairaisa Lachumra, Suffolk Durabon Makula, everything's a Dairaisa. Anyway, we'll leave that question for the time being. Something to think about. And then there's another sheet in the Gemara, Rav Nachman Shita. That you should ask your father and he'll tell you and your elders and they will tell you. Avicha Rashi says there in Parashazino means the Nevi'im, they're your fathers. And so ask this Canaan, ask the Nevi'im. And when you're listening to what they're saying, you'll be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Shalavicha Viagetcha. Now, I understand Rav Nachman much better than I understand Rav Avi. Rav Nachman is saying, basically, listen to the rabbis. That's an assay, shalavicha, you have to, you know, incline your ear to pay attention when the rabbani give you a mitzvah, do it. Leisasur is sort of like a negative. It's like, don't veer away from what the rabbis are telling you. It's not exactly Vitzivanu when I'm doing what they're doing. That's not exactly a kiyam of Leisasur, per se. I mean, you could finagle it to be, but it's not as nice and neat as with Nachman. Leisasur is don't go away from what the rabbis are telling you. So why is that Vitzivanu? There's a sifri that Rashi brings on the pasuk of Leisasur and Adavar Shegidul Chayim And the sifri says, that even if you think 
that this is my right hand and this is my left hand. And the rabbis come and say, no, what you thought was your right hand is really your left hand. And what you think is your left hand is really your right hand. That's what it means. You have to believe them. You have to listen to them, regardless of what they're telling you. Even if you think that there's something wrong, you think that something doesn't make sense. He didn't get the halacha right. Bestin is making a big mistake. The rabbi that I asked is wrong and something doesn't click. It doesn't seem to make sense. How could he tell me this? Don't veer away from what they're telling you. Even if you think that they're wrong, even if something doesn't jive, the Chacham tell you you have to listen to it. You know, when I was thinking of, of examples of how far this goes, the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah immediately, maybe not immediately, but eventually it, kept in, it, it leapt into my mind. The Mishnah Rosh Hashanah in the second parak, Sandaf Chafheim and Aleph in Rosh Hashanah, says that there was a machlekes between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Akiva whether or not to accept certain Edim that came to Mekadesh Levana. And Rabbi Gamliel felt that you could be Mekabal the Edim, even though what they said was, Rabbi Akiva felt was wrong, dead wrong. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, it's not Rosh Chaydesh because they were not qualified Edim. And Rabbi Akiva really was upset. He felt that Rabbi Gamliel was really passing the exact wrong way. And Rabbi Yeshua went to visit Rabbi Akiva and he found him very depressed. So Rabbi Yeshua said, I want to tell you something, Rabbi Akiva. You should know, Yeshli Lomaid, Whatever Rabbi Gamliel did is done. It's a done deal. Because the Pasuk says, If the best in Hagado, who is Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, Rabbi Gamliel was the Pesach Hadar, he passed in that it's Rosh Chaydesh on the basis of this Hagadus Eidos, Eile Mayade Hashem Ekrei Chaydesh, Eimucha Ela Mayade Salah. This is it. This is Yantif. Why? You have a Taina, you have a Kasha, you have a Pircha. Irrelevant. Rabbi Gamliel, Kalmasha Asa Asui. Balai Eitzel, Rabbi Daisab, and Hirkanes, Amr Lai. In buying on a lot of an after bestiness, Rabbi Gamliel, if you're going to start tining after the best of Rabbi Gamliel, Tzichan on a lot of after called bestin or bestin shaman mi mais meishev at achav. We're going to tear down the whole Messiah. If you're going to question Rabbi Gamliel, you're going to have to question everything, because Rabbi Gamliel today is that standard bearer of the Messiah as we know it. Now, Rabbi Gamliel sent to Rabbi Akiva something that was very, very strong. A very strong message Rabbi Akiva got. What was the message? Rabbi Gamliel says, listen, I passed in the way I passed in. I'm the best in Haggadah. You, Rabbi Akiva, you have some halachic kindness on me. You feel that I was wrong. I understand that. But I am right. 
whether you agree with me or not, this is the way it's going to be. I am commanding you, I'm ordering you. Your day, when it's your Yom Kippur, according to your Cheshvan, in your calendar, you said that the first day was not Rosh Chodesh, the second day was Rosh Chodesh, which would mean that, let's say, tomorrow is Yom Kippur for you, I want you to travel to me on Yom Kippur, according to your Cheshvan, with your Mako, with your knapsack, with your wallet, with your car, whatever it is, get to me, and I want you to show to me, and I want you to submit to me that I am right. Rabbi Akiva had a big problem doing this because he really felt that it was not correct, the Pesach of Gamliel. But after these colleagues of his told him that you have to follow Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel is it, you don't understand it, I understand that. But Rabbi Gamliel, Paskin, and that's Alocha. So what did Rabbi Akiva do? Not all Makloim He took his stick and he took his wallet he traveled on Yom Kippur and his cheshpen to Yavna. Beautiful Mishnah. Rabbi Gamliel gets up when he sees the Heiliger Rabbi Akiva coming to him. He kisses him on the forehead. Welcome. My Rebbe and my Talmud. Rebbe B'chachma. You're smarter than me. Rebbe Akiva was the Messiah of Tereshav al You're my Rebbe in Chachma, but at the same time, you are proper and acting like a Talmud. Shekibaldas Bivare. Because you are Makabo, my words. This is, in my mind, what the Pasuk means when it says, Laisasim and Adabar Shekibal Chayim in Ismail. Because I'll say something. You feel that there's something wrong. You feel this can't be what the Torah really wants. This can't be the Messiah. You made a mistake. Something has to be undone. No. This is the way it is. The Chachamim, the Chachme Adar, the Gaba Adar says something. That's the Halacha. That's how the Halacha is Nikvah. You don't like it? Too bad. Even if they're saying something which you know is wrong. They're telling me that my right hand is my left hand. That's ridiculous. Too bad. From now on, this is your left hand. And from now on, this is your right hand. And that's what you're going to have to go through life. You don't like it? Too bad. That's what the Torah expects. Complete loyalty, fealty, adherence to the Dibre Chazal. Period. So a thought occurred to me, and of course, you're welcome to argue, that perhaps this is why Hashkacha had it, that the streams of Messiah sort of got switched. Dafka by Hanukkah. Then all of a sudden the Ashkenazim are following the Rambam and the Sfardim are all following the Balitaisis. It seems like there's something wrong here. 
That's the smile being the amin, the amin being the smile. Somebody just like, you know, if it was a Gemara, would probably say, you know, Epoch, you know, like switch it around. Something must be wrong. But it's not. This is how we're passing The Chayin Aminik Pashat says the Ramad. Pashat, this is how it is. What do you mean this is how it is? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Too bad. That's where I believe there's a, for us at least, there's a kiyam of Leisasar every time we light the Neiris Hanukkah. When we're lighting the Neiris Hanukkah, the Gemara tells us, Baruch HaKadosh, that there's a kiyam of Leisasar, not just Shalavicha V'yagedcha, that it's a mitzvah Rabbanon, but don't veer away from what Chazal tell us. By Neir Hanukkah, it's never clearer how we have to understand and we have to get it through our minds that even though to our puny perspective we feel that something is wrong, switch it around, like saucer. Vitzivanu. I'm lighting it like the Rambam. If I'm an Abinei Ashkenaz, or if I'm a Sardi, I'm lighting it like the Balitaisis. Aye, it doesn't make sense. It's Mamish, it's Faket. Vitzivanu. I don't understand why I'm doing this. But all I know is that you commanded me not to question anything. When Chachamim tell me this, when the Ramah says, I'm in a poshut, I'm going to follow it, whether or not it, it seems to be in line with my Messiah or not. Leisasar, Bitsivanu. HaKadosh Baruch commanded us not to question anything. And that's why, Dafka by Ner we find that there's this anomaly in Halacha that there is a switched Messiah between the Sephardim and Ashkenazim. And Ner Hanukkah itself teaches us how we have to adhere and love the Chachmei Yisrael and to respect them even if we don't understand even if it's mamish together, nasiv and nishma, we're going to do it. We're going to follow what the Chachmi Yisrael tell us. Here the Rambam writes in Hilchas Chanukah, Mitzvah Ner Chanukah, Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Admaid. That the Mitzvah of Neireis Chanukah is an exceptionally precious Mitzvah to us. The Rambam doesn't normally, you know, wax so poetic when it comes to Halacha, and the Magid Mishnah brings him a car for this statement that the Rambam makes about how precious the mitzvah of Chanukah is. Amar of Huna Haragil Bener Chanukah, If you are Ragil Bener Chanukah, if you are vigilant and very meticulous in keeping the mitzvahs of Ner Chanukah, you are, there's a school there for having children who are Tamid HaChachamim. So I was questioning, like, how is this in the car for the fact that it's a mitzvah chaviv admai? Let the Ramam say, you know, if you, in schar of having, of having uh, lighting their Hanukkah, you'll have children who are Tamid HaChachamim. What does it mean? How does the Magid Mishnah say that this is a makar for when the Ramam says that mitzvah ner Hanukkah is a mitzvah chaviv admaid? It's precious. Why? Because I'm going to have children who are Tamid HaChachamim. What does that mean? So what I wanted to say was that the Gemara there in Shabbos says 
Rava says in that Gemara there, Dirachim Rabbonon Havle Binin Rabbonon. If you have an Ava for rabbis, if you love Rabbonim, if you love Tamiyachacham, if you love Gedalim, Rava says in the schus of that love, you're going to have sons who are Gedalim. You're going to have sons who are Rabbonim. You want to have you know, you want to have sons who are Rabbanim, you should have a tremendous love for Rabbanim. Which is Pashat. If a person just puts down rabbis all day, so why would his son want to be a rabbi? But if you say, well, you know, the rabbi said this, and the rabbi said the rabbi is like amazing, so the son is going to want to be a rabbi himself when he grows up. He's going to want to be a Talmud Chacham. And I wanted to say that perhaps this is what the Rambam means. When the Gemara says, Haragel Bener, what it means is, you are a Rachim Rabbonon. If you're Ragel Bener, if you're meticulous with an Erchanaka, which means, this is a Mitzvah Rabbonon. And I love this Mitzvah Rabbonon. I love the Rabbonon. I love the Rabbonon. And that's why I do it with such Zahiras. That's Mamash the Rachim Rabbonon. What does the Gemara say? If you love Rabban, you're going to have sons who are to be So that's why the Gemara says that if you're Ragel Benair, you love, you're not just lighting the Menorah, but you have a Chavivas for the Mitzvah, the Rabbanon. And you respect the Rabbanon so much that even though it's not a Daraisa, but I want to do it like with all of the bells and whistles that I could find, with all the Hidr, Mahadrim and Mahadrim, to Makayimah Rabbanon, that shows your children, when they see you being so Mahadr, in the midst of Merach what does that tell them? That you have an Ava, you have a Chavivos, for the Mitzvah. And if you have a Chavivos for the Mitzvah, your children are going to be, want to be Rabbanon as well. That's where the Ramam gets it from. That Mitzvah Merach is Chavivah Ad because... If you're Ragel Bener with a Chavivos, then you're a Rachim Rabbani, you're going to have children who are Rabbani. Mitzvah Ner Chanukah, when we enter these days of Chanukah, there are so many lessons. I mean, you know, you could hear a hundred different shirim on Chanukah and take away a hundred different Yisaydes from Chanukah. There's so much here. Chanukah has so much to give. But I think the most basic elementary kavana that we should be having when we're lighting the menorah is that the Rabbanan came along and told us to do this mitzvah and out of sheer kavivas for the divrei chazal for the chachme Yisrael my allegiance, my loyalty my love of chachamim draw me to perfect the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah. To have a chavivas for Ner Chanukah, which is tantamount to having a chavivas for Tamidah Chachamim. And the tzivano saucer. I'm not going to go away from whatever they tell me, even if it doesn't seem right. Even if something is really wrong with the picture, my mind is shut off and the Chachme Yisrael triumph time after time. Because I do not understand at all the kutzah shall yod of anything that the Chachmi Yisrael even remotely meant. All I do is say, if this is what the G'dayli Yisrael said, this is what I'm doing. Nasev and Ishma. That's what Chanukah is to me. It's that you're, you're going in the rarefied airspace for eight days of being completely obedient to Divrei Chazal. 
not obedient in a in a negative connotation, but with a love, with a chavivas. I love Chachmei Yisrael. And during these eight days, I'm going to completely soak and bathe in the warmth and the glow of our Messiah, of our Chacham, of our G'dayim. I want to say a few stories just to illustrate, to highlight this concept of Leisasser to the degree that people go to really just do what they can to follow Chachmei Yisrael. And it's especially important in our day and age because there are so many people that want to undermine the Chachmei Yisrael and want to question our G'dayim and what their motives are. And so we have to, we really have to intensify our Amunah Chacham during these days leading up to Hanukkah. So when Hanukkah comes, we can mamish, be mekayim, the mitzvah of the tzivano of leisasser, with shame of Malchus. I saw in a sefer, Mitzvah Ba'isa, a story about a woman that came to Rebchaim Kanievsky's Rebetzin, Allah Shalom. She was pregnant and she had a baby inside of her that was breached, which means that the head was down in the uterus and, and the legs were up and that's not a good thing, not the position a baby should be in for several reasons, but it's also dangerous because sometimes the umbilical cord could, you know, could go around the baby's head in, in certain positions and anyway, you want the baby to straighten up inside of the, inside of the womb. And so she came to the Rebetzin and she asked for an Eitzah, for a bracha, for a skula. And the Rebetzin, you know, as she was very well versed in skulas and brachas because she was the daughter of Oyashiv and she was the Eishas Chavar of Chaim Kanievsky, Yibadol Chaim. And so she knew already what to tell her. She says, go home, look around your husband's Svarim Shank, and if you see any svarim that are turned over, like sometimes you know you go home and your cleaning lady maybe you know or, you know or somebody inadvertently put the safer upside down, make sure that every safer is straight. Just go through your svarim carefully. If every sitter, every chumash, every gemara, everything is perfect, then the baby Miss Hashem will straighten out also. So she says, fine. She goes home. She misheard Rebbe Sintanievsky. Instead of hearing Svarim, she heard Sirim. What is Sirim? Sirim are like pots, pots and pans. So what she did was, instead of going to her, her husband's Svarim shrine, she went to all of her cupboards, all of her, you know, her Pesach dishes, and her regular dishes, her weekday dishes, her Shabbos dishes, and she made sure to make that every plate, every pot, every pan, every cup was straight in the cupboards. And then she went to the doctor the next day. The doctor says, it's The baby turned over all by itself. I didn't have to interfere. I didn't have to do anything. And they, she was so happy that she had to go back and tell Rebbe Sintanievsky the good news. And she says, Rebetzin, I want you to know it's mamish a skula, it's a might face, what happened to me? I listened to you, and I went home, and I turned over all the sirim in the house. Rebetzin Kanievsky stops her and says, Sirim? You mean svarim. 
Svarim? No, you said Sirim. I don't know, I said Svarim. So, well, I don't know. I, I turned over all the Sirim, and the baby flipped over. Chaste Hashem. The Rebbe was a little confused. It's not supposed to happen. You know, Svarim, that works, not Sirim. That wasn't in the, in the book. So, she goes and knocks on her husband's door, and she goes into Reb Chaim with Naival and she says the story to him. And Reb Chaim smiles. And Reb Chaim says, I want to tell you a bar from Yerushal Salanter. There's a Gemara in Psachim. The Gemara in Psachim is on the Membez Amid Aleph. That Rav Masna was darshning in a city called Papunya. Of the need, he was giving like a, you know, maybe a Shabbos Agadol drasha to these people in Papunya, or maybe he was asked to be a scholar in residence a couple of, you know, a week, weeks before Pesach to give them a little refresher course on what they need to do in advance of the Yom of Pesach, and he's speaking about the Allah of Mayim Shalonu. Mayim Shalonu is halacha that when you're making matzahs, the water that has to be used is water that was shalonu, that, that sort of slept, like a lashon of lino, that slept overnight. You can't use water right out of a well or right out of a spring. It has to be, has to cool down a little bit overnight, and only then is it the right temperature and the right chemistry in order to make matzahs. That's the halacha, and that's what he was dashing, Anche Popinus. Anche Papunya. The next day, he's still in town, Rav Masna, and there's a line outside of his door. He says, what are they lining up for? And then he notices that all of them have like, like buckets and bottles, empty buckets and bottles. They're just waiting for Rav Masna to come out. And Rav Masna says, what are you waiting for? What's the line here for? What do you want the line? You told us that we have to have Mayim Shalonu. You said Mayim Shalonu, meaning our water, meaning the rabbinical water. You need, we need special water to make the matzahs. They, don't, they misunderstood. They thought Mayim Shalonu meant Shalonu, our water, meaning the rabbi's water, and not Mayim Shalonu, water that sat overnight. And that's where the Gemara sort of ends. And Rabbi Sassandra says, what's the point of this Gemara? First of all, are we trying to, to show what Amaratsin, the people in Papunya were? Is that the point of the Gemara? Is that what we're supposed to be taking from this? And even if they were Amaratsin, don't these people remember from last year that they had to have water which sat overnight? All of a sudden, like, you know, Masla comes to town and everything changes? Zakhtar Bissel Salante, this is a beautiful Gemara that shows from the people of Papunya, what Amunas Chachama means. That these simple folk in Papunya, who knew that Dar Achar Dar, we had water that kept overnight. But here's Rav Masna. Rav Masna comes to town and he tells us that we need Mayim Shalonu, you need rabbinical water, you need water with my approval. Nasev Anishma. We don't understand it. It makes no sense. He must be making it up. He's probably in it to make some money for himself on the side. Massive Anishma. We're lining up here. Give us your rabbinical water. Why is your water different than our water? 
Beis But all I know is, if this is what Rav Master says, this is the law. And that was the schos of the Amche Papunya. These were not Amaratsim Halabai, we should all be Amaratsim like Amche Papunya. These were very deep thinking people. These were people that had such a Munab Shuta and what Chazal told them, that they were able to go against their better judgment and just say, it's fine, without a single naysayer in the whole town, without any skeptics, without any cynics, without any people questioning their motives. That's what Anche Papunya was. And they have tremendous chusim because they lined up for that Mayim Shalonu. And Reb Chaim told his Rebetzin that this chus that this woman had to have her baby turned over, this nace, this mitis that took place, was this the fact that she had a emunah pshuta. The Rebetzin told her, turn over your pots. Why? Pots? Baby, what does that have to do? What does one thing have to do with the other? I don't know. This is what the Rebetzin told me. That's what I'm doing. In that emunah pshuta, in that ironclad faith, in emunah's chachamim, that's this chus that she had, that her baby was Baruch Hashem spared. The story told about Remarcus Lehman. Remarcus Lehman was a, um, a rob in the city of Mainz in Germany hundreds of years ago. And in the mid to late 19th century, 1800s. And Marcus Lehman was very involved in, in Sarchit Sibor, and he had to go with a delegation of Rabbanim to, on a train to visit the Kaiser in Germany to beseech him for some klal issue, some very, very important issue that was threatening the Jewish people at the time. And he was all set to go. He had a suitcase in hand, about to walk out of the door, and there was a knock on the door. And there was a person, a simple yid, that came to his door and said, Rabbi, uh, do you mind if I ask you a quick question? He said, well, actually, you know, I'm in a big rush. Very sorry, but I, I have to catch your case. So please, it will only take a few minutes. He said, okay, what? So he said, you know, I had a grandson, and the bris is coming up, and I was a sandik already at my other grandson from the same son, and... That didn't work out too well. When I was Sandek, a few days later, Achman my grandson, was Nifter. And now my son is asking me to be a Sandek again for this baby, and I don't know if that's such a good idea. So Rabbi Lehman was like very quick with him, and he says, so then get somebody else. I'm sure there are other people that could be Sandek, if, you know, if, if need be. And he's like starting to, he says, can I ask you one more question, Rabbi? He says, okay, fine. He says, what should we name the baby? Give me a good name to name the baby. He says, what should you name the baby? That's a question you asked me. He says, I don't know. That's what you should name the baby. And he runs out, he takes his suitcase and he runs to the train station and off and up, up. And the delegation is waiting for him by the train station. They all look upset because, because of this nudnik, you know, he was delayed and they couldn't leave with Arab Lehman and they missed their train. They were all complaining, and no one was more upset than Rabbi Lehman here. The Kaiser is going to be waiting for me and for us, and it's going to look terrible for the Jews. We thought we were going to help things. Now we're going to make things worse. 
And a few minutes later, there was a whole commotion around the train station. It seems like the train that they were going to be on, as it was turning around the corner, very quickly, it flipped over and it rolled down a cliff and everybody on the train died. And all the Rabbanim were very happy that they weren't on the train. And Rabbi Lehman says to himself, you know, that Yid was probably not a regular Yid. That Yid was Elian Navi, no doubt. Saved my life, saved all the Rabbanim's life. Mamish, I owe him my life. And then he didn't really see this person again. He just chalked it up to Elian Navi. Thirteen years later, this Yid comes and knocks on the door and says, Rabbi... How are you? I haven't seen you in so many years. Asham Aleichem. You know, I never got a chance to thank you. He says, hey, whatever, it doesn't matter. He says, I came to invite the Rav, the Shabbos, to my son's bar mitzvah. It's the other side of town. It would really be a lot of Hanah if the Rav of mine could come to my son's bar mitzvah. Okay? You know, he was invited. And he felt like he had to be Makritav. He saw that probably wasn't Eliyah Navi, but still, the Jew saved my life. I'm going to go and I'm going to... Participate in the Simcha. Be Mahana the Simcha. Come Shabbos morning. Comes into Shul. Davin Shachris. And now the Bar Mitzvah boy is being called up for the Amr. For the Bar Mitzvah. And I guess the guys were standing around by the Bima with the whole Chazonus, the Yamai. Yamai, Tabacha Bar Mitzvah. Ruvin Shimon Levi. Yisachar Yehuda God Ben Maisha Maftir Chazak And Marcus Lehman said, what kind of peculiar name is this? Where did this guy get, where did he land from? Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, God, that's a name? And he goes over after, you know, by the Kiddush he says, thank you for inviting me. I have to ask you a question. I can't go home without asking you this. Where would you get that name from? And the man looks back at him even more incredulous. And he says, what do you mean where did I get the name from? The Rav gave me that name. And then Rabbi Lehman realized what happened. And he realized that he gave him that name sarcastically and cynically. And that this Yid might not be Eliyahu Navi, but he is on a heck of a high level. His madrega is mamish le'elo le'elo. He is on a madrega that who can compare to? The amunas chachamim that he has, the taking the words, the advice of Chachmi Yisrael at face value, that is something that gives him this chus to be able to save the Rabbanim's lives. That's the madrega of a simple Yid with a Munas Chachamim. There's Rashiva in, in um, Sharataira in Kew Gardens who was Nifter a few years ago. He was a Gadol a Batayra, a Gadol B'Yisrael. His name was Rebzelig Epstein. And Rebzelig Epstein was mamish like he was on the first rank of G'dayli Yisrael. Rav Shach was very, very, a big admirer of his. He was a tremendous pikeach. 
And he used to be a Rashiva or a, a Rav, a, one of the one of the Rashi Yeshivas at least in, in Tarvadas, and then he started his own Yeshiva. Tarvadas was in Williamsburg. And that's where he lived. It's since moved, of course, to, to, to Kensington. But it happens to be that I have an interesting P.S. to this story, footnote, that I once drove Reb Zelig home from a chasna. Reb Zelig lived, he didn't live in Kew Gardens, he lived in Flatbush, and I lived in Flatbush. And so I was at a chasna, and the Baal Simcha asked me if I would mind driving Reb Zelig home, which of course I didn't, it was a tremendous chuf. And we drove home, and we were engaged in a very interesting conversation about some, some event in Jewish history and how to understand it. And I was very entranced with what he was saying to the degree that I lost my way. And all of a sudden I realized that I was like in the worst neighborhood, somewhere near Williamsburg. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to be responsible for Khalila, a terrible thing happening. Like, Mamish, the worst neighborhood possible. And I was scared to death. I really, not just for me, not really for me at all, for him. And he hopped that, you know, that I had made this blunder. And it was before the age of GPSs or whatever. You just really, and no cell phones, you know. I didn't want to get out of the car. And Abdullah says, what's the problem? He says, you take a left over here, you take a right over there, you go up the ramp, and you're back on the highway. I said, how did the, how did the Rashiva know that? He says, what do you mean? I, I used to live here. It's Williamsburg. He says, the outskirts of Williamsburg, this is where I lived many, many years. I know the roads like the back of my hand. Reb Zellig, when he was living in Williamsburg, he went to a, an appetizing store called Flams. It's still in business. If you, you know, there are many branches today. You could go in to any supermarket and buy Flams herring and, and fish and all that stuff. It's a very old business. And Rabbi Flam, uh, Mr. Flam stood behind the cash register as a chashiva balabas. And, you know, he was ringing up Reb Zellig's order and, I don't know, let's say it cost 75 cents. In those days, you could probably get a whole Shabbos for that. And Abzalik takes out money, a, a bill, and he gives it to him. And Mr. Flam gives him back a quarter. Obviously, you know, believing that it was a dollar that Abzalik gave. And Abzalik says, you know, I don't mean to correct you, but I, I gave you a $20 bill. He says, oh, Sorry goes back to the cash register and takes that $19 and, uh, and gives it to him. Then Rebzella goes home with his, with his stuff. He puts his hand in his pocket. He finds that he had a $20 bill there. And he only had one $20 bill. That was what he had. So he knew that he made the mistake and not Mr. Flam. And he goes back to the store and he tells Mr. Flam, you know, you were right and I was wrong. He says, yeah. Because I gave you back a quarter. He says, well, if you knew that I was wrong, why didn't you say anything? Why would you give me back $19 if you knew I was wrong? He says, I should contradict a Talmud Chacham? It's my place to tell you that you're wrong? If a Talmud Chacham tells me that, I gave him, that he gave me $20, I believe him. I, I know, I saw the dollar with my own eyes. I don't have another $20 bill in my old cash register. 
He's telling me something that I know is wrong. But I'm not going to contradict him. I'm not going to question him. I'm going to trust him because he's the best in our God. He's the best in. That's it. He is the Pesach after, and he tells me that something that I know is doesn't matter. This is what we have to do. This is what Emunas Hafam is. This is what Chanukah is all about. Chanukah is a time we have to be mechazik in this all-important belief of Emunas Hafam. And we have Emunah in the Bar- in the Rebbeinu and we have Emunah in the Torah Kadesha. But we have to have Emunah in the Chachmei Yisrael. To believe in the Torah Shabbat Peh, Chanukah, of course, all the Svarim Akadashim write about how Chanukah, the name of Chanukah is, it's the Yantif of Torah Shabbat Peh. It's the Yantif of Torah Shabbat Peh. If you want to see more about this topic, I refer you to the Arbidal Yahu. He has many, many prakim on this topic, explaining in great detail the Shaykhas of Chanukah to the Torah Shabbat Peh. But on the simplest level, the Yavanim wanted to stop us from learning Torah Shabbat They didn't care about Torah Shabbat That was a given. Fine with that. The logic and the Kedusha of Torah Shabbat was something that threatened the Yavanim to the degree that they made a gezeira against learning Torah. That's why we play dreidel. Because the kids, when they were learning Gemara, and they had to hide from the, from the Yavanim who were spying on who was learning, so they'd always have the dreidel to, as, a, as a decoy. Chanukah basically is a yantiv. As we enter the yantiv of Torah Shabbat Peh, we have to engage in Torah Shabbat Peh. Not just to learn stronger and better and make more commitments to our limud, but also to have a firmer belief in Amunas Chachamim, in the Messiah and who we follow. And like I said, it's very, very challenging in this day and age. And if Rahman al-Islam people ever, you know, sometimes if you're Googling something, you tend to stumble over websites and you can mamish, you know, per kriya about websites that have acts to grind against the G'dayla Yisrael and against the Rosh Yeshivas of the Dar, the Manhigim of the Dar. And they'll stop at nothing to tear down somebody, it's completely not true. Everything is just a bluff. It's just all propaganda, vicious propaganda from anonymous sources saying terrible things about G'dayli Yisrael, about Rabban, about Chachmei Yisrael. And we have to repair this. We have to repair it, the chlaw, but the frat. In ourselves, we have to strengthen our amunas hachamim and understand that the kedayim who have das whose minds are imbued and molded by the Torah kedusha, learning decades and decades and decades of Torah l'shma. When they say something, it's what the Torah wants. You take a yid like Rav Steinman, who is today the manigadar. Rav Shach basically, not basically, Rav Shach gave him the Kesser. He gave him over the crown that he is the Manig Yisrael. Rav Chaim Kanievsky says, Rav Shainiman is it. 
He's the he's the Pesach Adar. He's the Day Adar. He's the the Pikachu. Everything is him. He's the God of Adar today. And you have young whippersnappers that are questioning Rav Steinemann. You know, how could he say this and how could he say that? And you know, making machayis about this shita and that shita. Rav Steinemann is a yid who's in his nineties, and he's done nothing else his entire life but sit and learn Torah, Bikdusha, Vitarav, Ba'amiyas, Ubedachtos. He didn't do it for any glory. He didn't do it for fame. He wasn't, you know, secretly having any ambitions of being God Laudar. I'm sure he'd prefer to be sitting in, compure, in, in complete obscurity in his little house, if you can call it that, his little apartment, a broken down apartment without any furniture, without any gashness whatsoever, but sitting and learning Tairat Daisha day and night, writing Svarim, Rosh Hashiva, Piktusha And here comes little young people, little, to call them ants would be too complimentary for them, relative to the giant that Rosh Steinemann is. And they have deus, Rosh Steinemann shouldn't have said this, and, the, and, and you know, maybe they, people should do this, and they should do that, and you know, and how could he say that, and he's doing this, the Kwa Yisrael, that. If some, sometimes people ask me, listen, you know, what's Taka going on in Eretz Yisrael? How do you understand, you know, what the G'dayim are saying? Wouldn't it make more sense if they would advise the people in Kailal to... I said, listen, you know, you're asking maybe questions that are understandable, rational questions. But I'll tell you the truth. I said, I don't understand it either. I don't understand it. But I know one thing. That if a Steinemann says something, then that's it. Whether I understand it or I don't understand it, I understand one thing, that I can't at all comment on this because I have no right to. I have no dea. Who am I to say you know, anything different? It doesn't make sense. You think it should be more like America, and it works here. And it we have no words. The, the God of Adar passed in something, that's what it is. Rav Shach says something, that's what it is. The Chazinit says something, and that's what it is. Why? How? Who? Where? What? That's a Balabatisha mentality. A Trefin of... Not, not a Balabatisha. Balabatim are generally very good people. But sometimes a layman, when he's not in yeshiva long enough, or when he's, or when he's out of yeshiva for too long, perhaps, or maybe he never went to yeshiva, they have these opinions... And they're very, very strongly opinionated and they think that they have the right to have an opinion and whether we can explain it or not, whether we'd be able to defend anything or not, it's irrelevant. The Galadar Sassim, that's it. That's the Stima Sashas. That's what, that's the Sanhedrin Agadol, that's the Pesach Akron. We have no words to say, that's it. There's no more discussion. This is what Hanukkah is. It's a chavivos for the Dibre Seifrim. It's the rochim rabbonon. Not just that I accept it, but I love the fact that I accept it. I accept it ba'avah. It's kimu v'kiblu. I love it. This is the Messiah, and this is what I accept. I don't understand it. Svardim, Ashkenazim, Rambam, Taisus. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, too bad. 
Turn off your brain. You're lighting up the nearest Hanukkah with your Vitsivanu, with your Laisasar, when you're able to understand the beauty of the Chachmi Yisrael, the Kedusha of the Chachmi Yisrael, the Ruach HaKadosh of the Chachmi Yisrael, then you can be Makayim in the midst of Vitsivanu. The Laisasar is part and parcel of what Hanukkah is all about. Halavai, we should be zaycha this Hanukkah to strengthen our Amunas Chachamim as we say that Sibonu to really have this Kabono, like Sasser. I don't understand it, but I'm lighting the candles of Hanukkah because the Chachamim told me to do this. And I'm not to question them. They are the light of our life. They are the Ner Mitzvah Taira R that provides all the beauty and all of the brilliance and all of the illumination that we have in our life comes from the Chachmi Yisrael. What is Gemara? What are all these Svarim lining the room? This is the brilliance, the Ayra, the Kedusha, the Tara, the Gdaili Yisrael, Midar Ladar. And we have to recognize that we are Chashuv. Commensurate with the Chashivas that we give to the Chachmi Yisrael. Our chashivas doesn't come because we feel that we're able to argue and to debate and to deliberate over what the Chachmi Yisrael say. Our chashivas comes from the fact that we're able to be submissive to the Chachmi Yisrael, to obey the Chachmi Yisrael, to adhere to the Chachmi Yisrael, and to have a chavivas for the Chachmi Yisrael. And as we light our nearest Hanukkah, and it's a mitzvah chavivi ad ma'id, may the light of the Chachmi Yisrael shine upon us and a mitzvah Hashem on our children who should Bezos Hashem be likewise Tamid HaChachamim.